All right, welcome back to J. Tom Lawler Arena here on the campus of Merrimack College. It is Sunday afternoon hockey, Lake Superior State and Merrimack, and the score at the end of the first period is 0-0. Shots on goal in the first favored the Lakers by a count of 10-6. Both clubs went 0-2 for 2 on the power play. I'm Mike Magnick with John Leahy. Tonight's first intermission is brought to you, as it always is, by Fuddruckers, an official partner of Merrimack Athletics. Make sure to stop in at Fuddruckers for a burger or delicious salad before or after the next Warrior game. They're located just down the street from Merrimack at 550 Turnpike Street. They also have locations in Reading and Salem, New Hampshire. Uh, joined here by Joshua Cummins from the New England Hockey Journal. And uh, first period there, Josh, I know you weren't here last night, but a uh, very different game from last night. Very, much more of a defensive battle. Both clubs uh, did have power play chances. Uh, you know, some power plays like last night. However, uh, penalty kill was certainly, clearly, uh, an area that both coaches wanted to tighten up on, it, and it showed in that first period. Yeah, it seemed like the, the referees were letting them play over the first few minutes, but then it seemed like a kind of a parade to the to the penalty box over the last half of the period. But, but yeah, they're, for, for Merrimack on the first couple, they had some chances, but not able to find the back of the net. Well, let's talk about Hockey East this year. Uh, you do cover Hockey East and uh, really, uh, you know, all, all of hockey around the Boston area, New England, but uh, uh, focusing specifically on Hockey East. Uh, let's get your thoughts on the upcoming season. First of all, uh, well, the, you know, the preseason polls come out. I always, always find it interesting to compare uh, what the media poll looks like versus what the coaches poll looks like, and I thought they were very similar this year in that in that regard. I mean, there wasn't really much to choose between Boston College and Providence in particular, and BU was right there as as well, though most folks seem to think that those three clubs are going to fight it out for first place. Is that, is that how you see it as well? Yeah, I totally agree. I think BC and Providence are the, the two that I kind of went back and forth with as far as the, the number one spot, but, but BU is a team that they maybe lost a little bit more than, than the other two, but but I think that those are certainly the three teams that will be, be at the top. I think I picked Providence in, in the end just because of... Um, kind of the, the freshmen that they had also seemed like that they could make a pretty big impact and obviously uh, uh, BC seems like they have some of those as well so those were the two that I went back and forth with. Yeah, Boston College always seems to be there and uh, you know, uh, they always have talent certainly but also and, and, and what sometimes ends up being a close race they they often find a way to, to squeak it out as, as the case may be. Uh, BU to me is, is one of the more interesting clubs in the league this year with the departure of head coach David Quinn to the New York Rangers and Albie O'Connell taking over, but also you have then, uh, you know, with Albie ascending to the head coaching position, the uh, recruitment and the signing of Paul Pearl now to come in uh, to take his spot there on the staff. And of course, we know uh, what great things he did to help out Ted Donato at Harvard. You could see similar things happening there at Boston University. Would not surprise me, therefore, to see BU, you know, even though they're going to be a very young team, to be one of the top clubs in the, in, not only in the league, but in the country. Right, absolutely. With, the, with those two guys, certainly two guys who, who like you said, know how to recruit the, the best players in in the country, and I definitely think that's going to going to help them. And like you said, a young team, but but they have some guys coming back too who could step into you would think bigger roles that, that could propel them into that spot in the standings. Obviously, Bobo Carpenter, someone like him, or, or some of the sophomores and juniors that they have uh, could be very interesting. Like you say, with those two guys behind the bench, it should make it easier for the players too because he was around for for so long. And uh, be interested to see how that does go. You know what else with with guys like Jeremy Swayman coming in last year and. And Caden uh, Primo in Northeastern. Jake Ottinger's got to be sitting over here like, hey, hey, don't forget about me, right? I mean, he's still legitimately uh, one of the best goalies in the conference. Yeah, you can't forget about Wall.
all at, at BC too. There's just so many guys this year. That's that's something I think we talked about at, at point last year too, where they're just um, so, so so many different goalies who who you can really like they say in this league you. The, the first place team and the last place team could win because there's there's so many so many guys and those goaltenders make such a difference. Uh, because may, maybe primarily because of Primo and Swayman. I mean Northeastern did lose uh, you know a good amount up front certainly, but you know they they do return Primo perhaps mainly because of those two guys. You know, does that then slot Northeastern and Maine maybe into the number four number five spots? Yeah, I think so, and that would be be the reason that that, that I would think that um, Maine. I guess I would say that that's maybe the surprise team that I could see jumping into that top spot because they didn't lose a lot either and they have a lot of guys who who if they're able to to replicate the years that they had last year could be something something good up there. How about UMass Lowell? I know that they're disappointed being upset in the first round of the tournament by Merrimack last year but they always seem to be there and uh, you, you, you know Norm Bazin has done such a terrific job over there. How do you see them shaking out this year? I, I think they'll be right in that in that middle. I don't think that I wouldn't be surprised to, to see them there in the end, obviously. Um, they have a, another team that, that they don't have a star player, and they never have a star player, it seems. But, but this year it'll be, I would think, that that goaltending position is going to be one that they, they want to figure out. Wall and, and Hernberg were two guys who didn't seem like either one of them really won the job last year, so I think that that'll be interesting to, to see how that turns out with, with, with this year, and, and that could go a long way to, to where they finish. But, but I think they'll be there, like you said, as always, with Norm there. So. What's your take on UMass? Uh, they really made great strides at the end of last year. John Leonard's a special player. What do you think about the minute numbers? I think they're going to be right there, too. It, it just seems like uh, all these teams have so many guys returning, and especially them with the with the freshman class. Who, I, I don't know if everyone thought that Makar and Ferraro would be back for, for second year, and, and they're just really, with those guys, that could be a, a, a building block for, for them for sure, and definitely some, some forwards returning as well. Like yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, I still feel like I've got to put, no, I know that, that some folks in the poll, the preseason poll, had, had UMass pretty darn high, and um, but, I mean, I felt like the goaltending, probably for those other clubs we mentioned, maybe a little bit of a difference, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, I mean, UMass, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Greg Carvel's really got some talent to come in there. Uh, so let, let, let's talk about then the rest of the league. So I guess we're really, you know, if UMass is at Lowell there in that picture, that's really, uh, you're talking about six and seven. So we're really now down to the final, what's going to be the final playoff spot. And you've got Vermont, UConn, uh, UNH, and Merrimack looks like uh, the clubs that would be battling it out there. Vermont with a big win on the road last night at Michigan, really, I think, making a statement. But uh, who do you think takes that final playoff spot? It's interesting. I think... Um I don't remember exactly who I put, but I think I put UConn in, in the end. It just seems like um, they they lost some guys, but but Adam Husker is another goalie who who has proven that he that he can do it in this league. I think it's going to be interesting, especially going back to that format this year, how the end of the season will turn out, just because the races have been so tight, even though everyone made the playoffs in the last couple of years. So so I'm excited to see how how this year will finish because going back to like it was uh, a few years ago. Do you like the change in the format? That means now the bottom three won't make it anymore. Uh, most of the, most of the, if you look around the leagues in Division One, virtually everybody in their respective conferences does make the playoffs. And even Atlanta Hockey, another league that has eleven, they've got a format where which allows all eleven schools to make it. I mean, the argument I think, uh, I suppose, to to have everybody make it is that hey, you know, this is not the pros; it's college. Everybody should have a chance. And there's a nice, there's, there's something to be said for the idea that even if you're you're tenth, eleventh, you're several points out there by the last week or. 
two of the season, you still have a lot to play for. You know that uh, you could pull that upset in the first round, maybe, and move on. But, you know, the flip side, you know, the regular season should mean something. So wh where do you come down on that side of the issue? I, I come on the – I think that, that it definitely it makes everything mean more just because the games at the beginning of the season, the end of the season, it all counts the same. And, yep. and I definitely think that, that – it's a good thing, and it'll be fun to see how the end of the season does turn out. All right, going to put you on the spot here before we let you go. First place, who captures first place in Hockey East this year? Uh, I think it'll be between Providence or, and BC. you got to pick one. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. I, I think I picked Providence in, in the end. Um, I just think that, that their team, it doesn't seem like they have anything to kind of a, a weakness to, to point to. It'll be interesting to see kind of... How they turn out, I know they have a freshman who played on the top line last night, uh, O'Brien, who's uh, someone who talks about as a really special player. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how they turn out. But I think it's it's them in the end. Those two are the, the teams that I went back and forth in picking that poll. All right, Josh, thanks a lot. We appreciate your time, folks. Check out his work, HockeyJournal.com, correct? Yep. Thanks, Mike. All right, HockeyJournal.com. Joshua Cummins, our guest here. Uh, the score at the end of the first period is nothing-nothing between Lake Superior State and Merrimack. We will be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.